This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, uh, powered by Celery, the show that actually did see the foul on Gary Cahill from the moon. Uh, a frustrating afternoon in Welsh Wales yesterday, as Chelsea somehow contrived to dominate the entire game and walk away with only one point, and at one stage could have lost all three. Well, at least they didn't lose any limbs after a concerted and targeted attack from Swansea's Fernandes, Amet and Fair. Chelsea were undoubtedly culpable for poor defending and not killing Swansea off. But if ever a game was influenced by poor refereeing, then this was it. Andre Mariner was shocking. But according to the scrupulously impartial and widely respected football pundit, <coughs> Cough, John Hartson, it was all Costa's fault for being a dirty, cheating foreigner and Gary Cahill for being shit. I have just one thing to say to Hartson. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, John Hartson ate them all. That's what I think of you, son. Anyway, I'm Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Fancast, Mucky Ducks. So there you go. Now on the show with me tonight, it's going to be a good one tonight. We've got some quality people, but we we always have quality people on the show. Of course we do. But first and uh, first, last and always, really, it's Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, how lovely to be first. Thank you, Church. How lovely to be here, everybody in Radio Lab. You, you, is it you doing your Richard Burton in honour of the fact that we were playing Swansea? <laughs> no, that would be more like that if I did my would Richard it, Burton. Would it? He had a wonderful yeah. rasping voice, didn't he? Yeah, yes. wonderful. Anyway, better Richard uh, Burton than Max Boyce, I say. Definitely. Anyway, uh, (laughs) we've also got the High Priest. I almost said the High Priestess, which would have been rude, but I meant the High Priest at the Podding Shed, uh, the one and the only Tony Glover. Bonsoir, again. Again. 
Well, I'm very good, and you are, of course. Are you in part two of the Tony Glover trilogy on the fancast? I am indeed. Yes, that's right. Yes, I've, I'm. I've, I'm getting three games pretty much guaranteed as a starter. Well, that's what we like to do. That's what we like to do with youth on the show, Tony. We 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 don't like you know. We don't drop you immediately. We give you a chance <laughs> to prove yourself. You see, but oh, no, I mean for the youth comment. Then. We bless milk it dry, Chidge. Milk it dry. Yes, indeed, indeed we do. Well, no, I'm actually for one. I'm I'm delighted that we got Tony for three weeks because we'd be stuffed if he wasn't. Because we've got a few uh, casualties along the way this month. Why I do not know. But Tony, as always, it's lovely to have you back on. And it's lovely to be back on. It saves me putting the canned laughter in the show afterwards when I have you well, on. Yeah, <laughs> I do laugh at your jokes, and you can. That is, I don't view that as any sort of disability or anything. I think it yep. just means I'm a jolly happy person. Well, there you go. Well, I've married. I've married people for as much as that. You know, if if all I ever required was that people, you know, laugh at my jokes and then they end up married. Anyway, enough of my personal habits. Uh, Last but by no means least, my very good friend and all-round wonderful person, superb Chelsea writer, manner of the CFC UK stool, and uh, another man who laughs at my jokes. Actually, I'm I'm blessed this week. But it is the wonderful Marco Worrell of Gate Seventeen. Buonasera. Buonasera, mi amico. How are you, mate? Molto bene stasera. Molto, Molto bene. bene. Excelente. Yeah, so there we go. We've got a slightly Italian flavour, which is always good because we uh, we have Antonio Conte uh, as our manager. I always like to throw in a bit of Italian. Um, one thing that we might actually talk about later, of course, is we had the wonderful Gianfranco Zola on the... Uh, for those who weren't lucky enough to be at the game, uh, Franco was uh, the uh, Chelsea representative on Sky's coverage and... It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just always lovely to see Franco. Anyway, enough of that. Otherwise, I'll, I shall get all misty-eyed and go off on some stupid, weird tangent, uh, which I mustn't do because we need to get on with the show, which tonight will be praising the raging bull that is Diego Costa after his two-goal performance on Sunday. And I will be ranting about the bias, myopia and blatant idiocy of John Hartson and Connor McNamara, the dumb and dumber of BBC Radio Live's appalling football commentary uh in part two hopefully i will have calmed down a bit which will enable me to talk about fan duel uh the referees and seeking justice for gary cahill as well as asking whether this was two points dropped or one point gained and in part three well in part three we're gonna have a look forward to friday night's game against liverpool and we'll ask uh, is friday night all right for fighting sorry football um, if we have time, uh, what I would really like to do, this obviously depends on how much we waffle on, of course, but if we do have time, and if you people that are listening on Mixler are up for it and you're kind of near your computer and uh, you've got Skype, I'm really up for maybe doing a couple of Skype calls because, you know, we, we've never done it before and I reckon it might work. You know, we're on Skype, so why not? So if like you are up for doing that, what? Like a phone I know. Eat your heart out, Cundy, on the sports bar, mate. Absolutely. You know, I know. It'd be great, wouldn't it? I like a bit rock and roll, you know. I like it because you just don't know where it would go. And I like that. People off, though, that piss you off, Chidge. Well, I mean, what I tell you what, I mean, <laughs> y- y- well, exactly. As if I would. Of course I would. No, um, that we've been cut off. Well, you know, that's don't put ideas into my head, Jonathan. Do not put ideas into my head. Um, remember, I've done that to Martin, Mar- Dr. Mart, live once, basically. He just pissed me off so much I unplugged the mic. <laughs> well i don't know if, i'm surprised you don't remember that because martin you see i didn't have to do that martin because martin was so stupid he didn't bother turning the uh the uh the mic on 
But there you go. Now, Rash the Doctor says, didn't Fancast do a Skype thing last year? Or was it a Google Hangout? Yeah, it was. I did a Mimi TV thing, which I did as a separate show. But we did have Skype calls when we did the TV show in the studio. But that was a bit mental because the, the technical process to do it was just really difficult. This should be easy. So look, I won't do it if you don't want to do it. If you do really want to do it, all you need to do is sometime during the show, just add us on Skype and we're easy to find. It's chelsea.fancast and then message me because I should be able to see the message. And if I see the message, then I can add you as a contact and uh, and then I can, I can call you because that's the only way it's going to work. I'm going to have to call you. I think if you call me or actually we we maybe it isn't maybe you have to call us well this is where it gets complicated and we'll just have to try it out so I will call you and we'll see if it works if it doesn't work fair play we'll figure it out another time but I'd like to give it a go if possible now in part four we're going to have the usual round of Chelsea supporters news and then that will be about it really there are no emails this week um for which I'm very sad because we had so many last week and I enjoyed it but no this week you couldn't be bothered to put finger to keyboard but never mind now don't forget uh, you can listen to the show live every monday at seven o'clock uh, by going to mixler which is mixler.com forward slash chelsea hyphen fancast where of course you can join in the chat with us and tell us what's going on uh, tell us why i don't know for example that antonio conte did not play in defense he was in fact um he was in fact a midfielder central midfielder i'm sorry that i i uh i, I my eyes reverted by i saw alan mays score on Mixler, very appropriate because we're talking about Mixler, has just posted Crime of the Ancient Mariner. That's excellent. Isn't that superb? That I, I think very, that, very good. That's so good. I am going to personally give that a round of applause. I just thought it was fantastic. Well done. I saw LMA score. Anyway, look, you know, basically Mixler's great for a lot of people in there. They chat with each other. They, they talk, to, you know, they kind of talk to us as well. And I occasionally try and include them in the show like I have there. Um, other than that, of course, you can always tweet us during the show anytime you like, really, by tweeting at Chelsea Fancast. So there we go. Now, after this little bit of stingage, we're going to be talking about uh, the Raging Bull. Right, um, Diego Costa. I mean, I gotta say, I mean, that was just an absolutely superbly belligerent performance uh, by Costa yesterday. And just to summarise it for one second, I mean, two goals. The first, I mean, you know, he scored both of our goals. Should have had a hat trick, arguably. But the first goal was a great finish. Uh, the second goal was a superb finish. Um, but he just ran around and annoyed them all game. Got in their face. Was absolutely at it. Hundred percent commitment. Um, and and he picked up one yellow card. If you were John Hartson, of course, then you would be saying that he should have uh, been sent to Siberia or, you know, hung, drawn and quartered, whatever you're... Or just have to talk to a Welsh person for half an hour. I think they're all equal punishments, really. Um, but there you go. Um, but for me, Costa, boys, Tony... Tony laughed first, so I'm going to ask him. I mean, what I thought, it was just fantastic. That is what we love from Diego Costa. That's what he's all about on Sunday, wasn't it? It was. It was Drogba-like. It was Osgood-like. He bullied, bruised, battered, fought. He got a silly booking. It was a little bit silly, I guess. Um, but at least it wasn't for an act of petulance this time. It was more, you know, for a bit of a mistimed tackle. Uh, the bloke, he was, he was 
fantastic. And I'll tell you something now. He did not look like he did not look like a bloke who wanted to leave. No matter what the press bollocks that's going on at the moment is, he looked like a man who who was out. Uh, do you know what I thought he looked like? He looked like a man burning with revenge for the shit start we had last season. I think they said he scored is it four or five goals now, and it took him <laughs> to Christmas to do that. I think. Um, yeah, he season. scored four and four and four and four now, hasn't he? Which is superb. Yeah, yeah. and I think he just looks. He looks. Uh, he looks trimmer. But he looks hungry, and he looks like he's not going to take any crap from anybody. I mean, I think it was an ongoing battle with his Amat, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Which was just... I mean, Amat was smiling inside. I think he was doing what old Jimmy Greaves used to say he did when he played against Ron Harris once, which was he was absolutely shitting himself but trying not to show it, you know. Um so that was, it's a story I'll tell you one day, which is a great story. Now, I think, he, well, I mean, I, to, to kind of put it into the 20th, 21st century, I would say he was given the Mike Reed. Yeah, yeah. Run around. Yeah, and I think he was, I think he was, I think he knew that it, it was going to be a battle, but I mean, it was fantastic. And I, I loved Costa for it. Two, uh, two great goals. I mean, the first strike was good. I mean, the second one, people will say fortuitously it hit um, whoever it hit on the face. Taylor, was it, I think. Um but in actual fact, it was going it was, in, wasn't it? It was, going it was a superb strike, great technique. I mean, there was a little bit, little bit of debate on match of the day too as to whether or not it was a dangerous boot. And 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 actually, Sutton and Janus both said, look, it, it, he he was on the follow through. He'd already hit the ball by the time it got close to the other guy's face. Um, and it was it was just a joy, a joy. Well, I think watch. actually, I mean, just you know, just, just... Had an act trick. I mean, he, he did he did do it. He he did make it a bit Torres like with that. Um, rather daft miss from right yeah, the yeah. I mean, well I think no. I think it I think it surprised him I, you know I don't think he expected it to come across and it's one of those where he, you know nine times out of ten he would have rifled that in but it didn't but I think I think I what thought, was, I uh, was more, can I just say I thought that was more Kalu than Torres <laughs> uh, no do you know what actually I, I think if we want to make a comparison I'm ta- I'm thinking Kesman actually that was Kesman-esque yeah, yeah. <laughs> But here's a stat. I've got a lovely stat here for Marco because he, I know Marco loves stats just like me. I mean, I, I just I, I go to bed dreaming of uh, Chelsea stats. Actually, not not Chelsea Football Club. I hasten to add. There's this wonderful girl called. Che- no, I, you know, I shouldn't tell you about that. Anyway, um, there's this impressive statistic which I must share with you um, because Diego Costa's scoring record since joining Chelsea. Uh, only five players uh, in the Premier League, because of course that's when football was invented, as we all know, have reached 35 goals in fewer matches. And they are Andy Cole, who's done it in 41, Alan Shearer, 42, Fernando Torres in 52, Kevin Phillips in 52, Van Nisselrooy in 55, and Costa's reached it in 58 goals, Marco. How about those apples? Blimey. Most of them are against Swansea. Well, indeed, yeah. he, he does like scoring against Swansea, doesn't he? But what do, what do you think of that, Mark? I mean, I mean, what I'm saying, well, I think what it says to, because I mean, you know, it's easy to have a gripe and a grumble about him occasionally, but actually, you know, when when we shave all that away, what we've got here is an absolute top-notch quality football player. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what we've got this season with Costa that we didn't have last season, but obviously we had the first season. He, he was at Chelsea. Is he? He's He's got an appetite for the game again, hasn't he? He's, he's, um... An appetite for destruction, Marco. Well, yeah. But, he, you know, he looks fiend, he looks fit. He's, he's always bristling with and pugnacious anticipation and looking like, you know, he'll, he'll have a row with anybody. Um, but, but that's all part of his demeanour. Um, but, but the difference from last season is that he, you know, he's remembered 
that he's there to put the ball in the back of the net and boy can he do that um mm. so i mean it's great i mean obviously you know the, the flip side of that is he's one more booking nearer to um a suspension and um you know with liverpool and arsenal coming up in, in quick fire succession and and you know he, he does like a booking or sending off against those sides um he could be out of action for a while but well, it, it, he, he'll, he'll be available for Liverpool and Arsenal, then he'll be banned for Leicester, mate. Yeah, we'll see. But, but you know, I, I, I just think great. You know, he, he, he was head and shoulders above the rest in terms of um, commitment yesterday, I thought. You know, he, he, you know, they talk about strikers leading the line. I think he led the team yesterday. No, I think that's a really that's a really good way of putting it, Mark. Actually, no. So, Jonathan, what what say you? Did you approve of Costa's performance yesterday? I just say I loved um, Mark's use of the words "pugnacious anticipation." Mm. Mark, Mark, oh, wonderful. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's interesting. He obviously didn't. Um, it makes you realise that he's doing it for uh, for Conte, and he didn't do it for Mourinho, did he? Over the la- uh, at the beginning, most most of last season. Um, we didn't do it for Mourinho at all because we, he, he did it more for Hitting when Hitting came in. But um, he's now back to back to the kind of player that he was uh, when we won the title. So um, mm. so uh, Conti's doing something very right, isn't he? Um, I, I was reading a, an article in the paper saying how because he's uh, because he was running so much and he's so pugnacious to use Mar- Marco's word words that um, it really freaks the defenders out because they're more worried about what they're going to do and where he is than actually uh, how they're going to play him. And, um, and, and I, I think your point about him being uh, fouled more than anybody else was, was very relevant. And um, the, the referees, particularly you say Mariner, was absolutely shocking. But I think we can carry on, really, by talking about, you know, what I, what I really wanted to talk about, which really infuriated me, because what people who, uh, who are listening to Mixler and on the podcast won't know is that it was my wedding anniversary yesterday, and... As a result, I had to uh, miss the game uh, live. Well, not really. I mean, I, 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 the only way I could listen to it was exactly that, to listen to it. And the only way I could listen to it live was to listen to BBC Radio 5 Live. And, uh, and there I, I had to put up with the appalling, uh, appalling comedy act of uh, Hartson and Conor McNamara, who basically bleated all game like a... Like a, a like a bunch of worried sheep, really. Um, but I mean, basically, Hartson's narrative was um, all to do with uh, how dirty and disgraceful uh, Costa was. So basically, you know, Costa should have been sent off for diving. We'll talk about the absolute incidents later in part two. But he wanted Costa sent off for diving. He wanted Courtois sent off for fouling. Uh, guilty Sigurdsson in the penalty area. Uh, he went absolutely ballistic when Costa got headbutted in the back of the head and it was all about rolling around, feigning injury, and he predicted it. He said, oh, in three minutes, a few minutes' time, he'll be running around. Of course, Costa was, you know. But, but basically, he was encouraged by this the whole way by uh, the irksome Conor McNamara, uh, whose, whose analysis of it all was that, uh, basically, that Costa takes it to, right to the line and he's very clever, but it's really distasteful. But the interesting thing is, is that um, when I watched uh, the game back on Sky and then watched uh, Match of the Day 2 last night, interestingly enough there, both of those pundits uh, called every uh, decision that the referee made spot on uh, and were, refu- were effusive in their praise of Costa. Uh, 
you know so it just shows you that i think indefatigably a some pundits are just stupid and should never be put in front of a microphone but secondly that there is a narrative maybe not a gen- an agenda and i and i'm going to harp on on my soapbox for about another 30 seconds more before i talk to the guys again one thing i will say and i've said this again on previous shows and and i and i will have i will say it again um for me you know what happens in these situations it is not just an agenda or or perhaps more accurately a narrative against costa for me this is insidious and it's actually unconscious racism because it's all about you know the dirty foreigner the dirty cheating foreigner you know all of that kind of business and it just makes me think you know you never get that said of a of a hulking uh, in, you know, nobody says that about Andy Carroll, for example, a similar player. You know, who puts it about a bit and is a big lad, and he and he and he doesn't take a step back. You never hear the uh, English media saying he's a dirty, nasty player. You know, and he's got a bit of an edge to him, and he's a bit, you know, ch- no, so this is basically this is the narrative they go on all the time about Costa, and for me, it's unconscious racism, and it's absolutely disgraceful. It really, really is. Anyway, just to put a line under my story, I called Hartson out about this all night on Twitter, and he he blocked me as he has done nearly every Chelsea fan who had a pop at him. Um, but basically, I'm I'm not happy, Tony, as you can tell. I, I he's really got under my skin a bit. Uh, yes, I can safely say that. Um, I didn't actually listen to. It. I saw I saw the Twitter um, dialogue, for want of a better word, um, that was going on around it, um, and. I think there was a few people that were pretty much expecting the same from the match of the day pundits who, who, I mean, Chris Sutton was absolutely scathing of, 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 um, of, of Mariner. Um, in John Hartz's case, I think you're right. I think it's, whether it's unconscious, unwitting racism, um, there is something about that. I, I, I look at a, a current match of the day pundit um, who was well known for putting it about and a bit of a master of the dark arts, Alan Shearer. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Now... But Alan Shearer is one of Costa's biggest advocates. He is, isn't okay. he, actually? Um, yeah. And he says he wants him. You want him in your team. He's a bruiser, a battler, or whatever. Yes, he's got an edge to him and all this. But I don't remember anyone ever saying that about Alan Shearer. You, you, there's a whole number of English players out there um, who who got reputations. And, and I think Andy Carroll was a great example. I mean, he's a player we absolutely hate playing against because he does have a habit of bloody scoring against us, OK? Not this year, but he does have that habit. And... Uh, you know, I, I like those sort of players. I think they add to the game. I think the players that were, who are not, um, you know, not diving, not made of glass, um, are, are something that you want to cherish. Uh, mm. I think Costa's case, uh, you do wonder because, you know, English football or British football um, does seem to have, it, despite the influx of, um, of players from all sorts of corners of the world, there does seem to be this undercurrent of, kind of nastiness about some of the, especially the older players I, I wonder whether envy plays a part in it you know in that hearts and never and never stood a chance of achieving the kind of level of fame or or wealth or whatever uh, or even infamy if you like i mean wasn't it hearts and um didn't he get someone around the head with a goal yeah berkovich you know, he, he, he kicked Berkovich in the head. That's what John Hartson's famous for. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, I don't know John Hartson personally at all. I mean, what I do know of him was that he was a, a fairly decent footballer in the Premier League when he played for Arsenal and West Ham and Wales. Um, I, I also, you know, more recently, of course, he, he had testicular cancer, which spread and, 
you know, he was very lucky to be alive and he's clearly an incredibly brave guy. And I know he does a lot of, you know, work for charity as a result of that. And fair play to him. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, but I, I, the the it was the the bias and the myopia and the stupidity of the punditry was just so blatant. I mean, I was so angry. I nearly crashed the car three times, and Which it just makes what, me. Jonathan, just, he just got, hasn't he gone with the flow though? Isn't it easier to yeah. paint Costa as because he's the pantomime villain? Yeah. And, um, when, when he wasn't playing very well, um, it was it was particularly easy but with under Mourinho, particularly easy to wind him up, and he would respond in a rather. Uh, obvious way which is that he would um, he'd rise to the bait and he'd get uh, uh, he'd get booked or he'd commit some kind of foul or he'd dive or something and the dilemma is is that he has been guilty in the past of being ridiculous you know there were periods last season where we were particularly under Mourinho we were all in despair of the way he was behaving so it's very easy for a pundit to 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 pursue that idea of him being in a, 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 an evil influence it takes a lot of of clout and i felt that chris sutton and um what's his what's his face who was the other one on, on genus yeah, well we, yeah uh, were were really excellent in pointing mm. out how how fantastic he was and and um and that he and he was and he was the the victim and it's about mm. time that this happened but it it really yeah. does help if he plays well and yeah. is seen to be not retaliating. Well, uh, which um, he didn't. And I think I think Conte made a very good point. I just just bring Marco in, Jonathan. But I think Conte made a really excellent point after the match, which is was exactly that, mate. It was, you know, he was really restrained. You know, he didn't back down, but he didn't yeah. get involved. He got he got another silly yellow card for dissent again, I think. But you know, the fact that he was fat, he was getting kicked over the park all game. Seven fouls against him. But, you know, he scored two goals. He got the last laugh, didn't he, Marco? Absolutely. I think, you know, yesterday was kind of like a, a, a typical Costa game um, in as much as the opposition um, fairly limited um, have got to go out and try and wind him up in various ways. Uh, to either getting you know in a in a in a frame of mind where he just loses focus on the football and becomes more in, interested in the thuggery side of it, um, or, or indeed gets himself booked and sent off. Um, so you know, I think every pretty much every team that Chelsea play, uh, you know, of that of that kind of caliber has a go in that way. Um, similarly, what tends to happen in um, games against sort of the, the, the bigger clubs that are try and be a bit cleverer about it, you know, they'll have they'll have one man um, who's designated as the Costa winder upper, um, you know, and I'm sure we can look forward to that against Liverpool on Friday. Um, but it, it kind of is what it is, and in the same in the same way. You know, he's, he's Marmite, isn't he, as far as the pundits are concerned, his Costa. You know, you, you kind of got those who view him as, um, you know, exactly this sort of Machiavellian master of the dark arts who, who um, will swashbuckle his way and, um, you know, well, fight that's, his that... way. That would make them. That would make them sound generous, Marco. I mean, Conor McNamara. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, or, or, he, or you've got 
the guys who just think that you know he's a despicable oaf, um, you know, and a pantomime villain, uh, which is clearly you know. But I tell you, Marco, Marco, one of the things that one of the things I really despised most about what Conor McNamara was doing, apart from the fact that he was clearly, you know, thinking he's, you know, this is the trouble with all of these channels now. It's all about the ratings. So he was stoking Hartson up and just letting him get away with some just unbelievable crass stuff. Um, and then he tried to justify it, and, and and McNamara's justification was all to do with, you know. You know, he was trying to be really clever, actually. He was saying, well, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, if you look at the stats and the facts, then Costa doesn't get sent off. You know, Costa is more fouled against than fouling. But he knows what he's doing. You know, this isn't, you know, he knows exactly what he's doing. And it's against the spirit of the game. And it's not fair. And I think that's, again, what I'm talking about, which I I think is unconscious racism. It's like, you know, we're British. We do things the right way. We're all fair. And Johnny Foreigner cheats. You know, that's what it was all about. And I think it's somebody, and well, I'm doing it now. I think somebody's got to call them out on this, and I'm bloody well going to do it. When I listen to McManara again with other pundits or whatever, he, it's almost like he's trying to be the Richard Keys to whoever the other, the Andy Gray is. It's like feeding in the simple, but rather patronising view. Yeah. And it, it, as yeah. Marco yeah. said, yeah. it fits a narrative. It yeah, fits a narrative, absolutely. It makes it unintelligent and rather lazy because it's it's not looking at independently like Sutton and Janus did and the Sky Pundits who I've just seen somebody say that weren't the Sky Pundits trying to get Costa in trouble for you know the overhead kick and all this actually they were discussing all they did was discuss whether or not it was a high boot they didn't say it was and, and I think there's a difference between that and I think Sky and the BBC certainly seem to have allowed uh, on the TV side of the BBC and certainly allow their pundits to have a bit of freedom. You know, I mean, you know, Soonis is very uh, contrarian when he wants to be. And I like that. I want that. I don't want people following a, a, a lazy sort of narrative, which is what exactly. Clive Live exactly. is turning into. Yeah. Oh, awful, awful. Anyway, we must go to a break. Otherwise, I could, otherwise I'll combust and we don't want that. Um, now, after said break, uh, we're going to be having a quick talk about FanDuel. Uh, and then we're going to really go into the whole referee situation in a lot more depth and detail. And we'll also be seeking justice for Gary Cahill, as well as asking whether this was two points dropped or one point gained. We'll see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, it is a very trying this evening, uh, evening this evening, because we have technical difficulties and Jonathan Kidd. Uh, occasionally, the two of them are associated like they are tonight. I mean, he was being chased down. What you don't know on the podcast, people who are listening in Mixler will know exactly what was going on. But for those of you who are listening to the podcast, Jonathan went outside because he thought the Wi-Fi signal would be better and ended up being hunted down by one of the local police helicopters for previous crimes that are have yet to be solved. But there we go. Anyway, we're back. And uh, the main thing is, I just want to have a quick chat about uh, FanDuel uh, before we... Or, or do I? I tell you what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to park the FanDuel chat till the end of this part because then we can... Uh, 
then we can bring in the fact that it's still going on, the competition that we all signed up to this week. Uh, several of us have got players in our team that are playing in the uh, Everton-Sunderland or the Sunderland-Everton game. So maybe if I park that to the end of the part, we can talk about it then, and then I might have forged ahead, uh, and then pigs might fly, because I'm so way behind, as I always am. So let's park the old fan duel stuff and go straight back into what we were talking about, which is really... Uh, coating off the media uh, and and really it's kind of all to do with their interpretation of of how the referees did and and as Jonathan was pointing out earlier on um, you know uh, when you look at the actual foul count uh, there were 17 fouls against Chelsea uh, seven of those were against Costa specifically hence my ire about that whereas there are only nine committed by Chelsea against Swansea. And what I'm more more curious about is that the, the foul count of what I would call the three chief Swansea, Swansea offenders, who were Amat with five, Fernandez with three, and Fur with four. And they were all particularly dirty, leaving their footy in all game and going through the back of people. Here's a question for you, Marco. How does Amat, with five fouls, stay on the pitch? How does that happen? I don't know. I mean, it depends how. Well, I mean, clearly, Mariner um, was suffering from um, advanced myopia yesterday. So maybe a lot alongside that, he couldn't count. Um, or maybe, maybe he mistook Amat for another Swansea player and uh, didn't. Well, he's got he's got form, he, hasn't he? He's got form. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I think once, um, once a, you know, the referee tends to it'll speak to, a, unless it's something blatant or cynical, it'll speak to a player, provide the warning, offences repeated in the book, and that's pretty much it. Um, so whether Amat just thought Mariner was a soft touch um, and just carried on, you know, being belligerent, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just found, I found it quite a strange game from that perspective because it, it was it, there was a lawless element to it that um, you know I'm all for refs letting games you know to, to, to sort of go on um, but but I don't know it, it was just quite it was quite disconcerting to watch that you know you watch some games um, I mean I'm sure if the master of self-love, Mark Clattenberg, had been ref in that game. It would have been completely different um, because it does it does influence the outcome of a game and the way a game develops. If if the ref's not on top of it from the get-go or appears to be, you know, letting things go um, to, too much, and I thought I felt that's what happened in that game. I was saying I think Clattenberg gets nearer the action. I think Mariner was too far away. Well, Clattenburg yeah. or not, as you say, because he's the big ego. He does actually, he's a very fit ref and he gets really right up close to what's going on. United City game, you know, which Clattenburg refed. And, you know, to be fair to the fella, as, as Jonathan sort of alluded to there, you know, he's right there, you know, when, I don't know when there was that amusing episode with uh, Rooney and heck confronting each other. You know, Clattenberg's sort of there. He's on top of it. Um, I don't know. Where was he when when Fur went through 
Cahill and Rodden. You know, was he keeping up with play? I'm not sure. Miles away, Marco. Miles away. He was, exactly. he was in the other half. He was still in the other half. You know, when uh, when Courtois conceded that penalty, I mean, you know, half the Chelsea defence were still up the other end of the pitch, and, and I think so was the ref. You know, all, all those things um, beg questions. And then, you know, obviously you've got the, the, the other officials. What, what are they doing? Are they not... And they're not intervening. I, I, I don't know. You get some linesmen um, who, you know, they see stuff and they're, they're, they're straight on it, aren't they? They're all wired up for sound talking to each other. Um, I just don't get it. You know, it just seemed, you know, that game yesterday had, had an aspect of, it was like a game on a, on a you know, it was like park football. Uh, anyway, moving swiftly along, the worst piece of uh, of refereeing yesterday was absolutely, and I think uh, Jonathan and, and Marco both uh, commented on it, and it was the the foul on on Cahill. Now, I mean, you know, I would I would I would admit and fess up, I I, I didn't think it was a particularly good first touch from Cahill, but uh, unlike what Conor McNamara thought, uh, uh, he he didn't just you know pass the ball to to Leroy Fur or give it away Leroy Fur kicked him I mean he didn't just foul him he just he just swung a boot at his bloody leg and then trod on his ankle to make sure and then Cahill fell over allowing Leroy Fur to take the ball and score I mean you just I mean it was hilarious what Chris Sutton said uh on uh on match of the day um you know who uh who said it was like an assault and he was as steamed up as I am. And I, and I have to say, Tony, I, I couldn't agree more. Shocking, shocking, shocking refereeing. And how the hell could he not see it? Terrible. And that goes back to that point you said earlier on about somebody um, not being close to the game. Okay. Well, not being up with the game. And he was, he was in the other half, but interestingly, the uh, the lino, the assistant referee or whatever they call themselves these days, who was it looking at that half, had John Terry in front of him. So he was, it was masked by John Even so, um, just just the reaction of the players and whatever would have told him that something was wrong. And I know the idea is, is if you don't see it, you can't give it. It was a massively, and it, like you said, it wasn't just one tackle, it was two. It yeah, was two. I mean, yeah, and, it was astonishing, wasn't it? Um, and, and, you know, I bless Kale. Let's, let's face it, Cahill is quite a mild-mannered guy, okay? Um, I like him a lot. I think he's taken a lot of unnecessary shit over the years from fans who, who just look for a boo-boy. And you know what my opinion of the boo-boys is, right? But the fact is, he was clearly upset about it. He took it. He took the interview afterwards. He was articulate, passionate, and respectful. Yeah, I'm wasn't he just? Wait, I'm sitting back waiting now. Are oh, the FA going to do something about him? Because what he did was didn't directly criticise the referee, but he questioned the referee. And, I, you know, the minute we stop people putting over things in an articulate, constructive critique way, we're in big trouble. And, and seriously, I thought Gary Cahill was right. He does. There's no justice. He can't do anything about it now. They can't retract the goal. However, Mariner should be dropped. For a week, they did it with Mike Dean. He got fourth official, didn't he? This week, didn't get a Premiership game, I think, because of the week before. And I think that something needs. Uh, it's a good point. I think as Andy Silverman said on there, there's four of them that watched that game, 
and they're not accountable to anybody. They don't come out, they don't talk to the fans, they don't give any of their decision-making ethos away, okay? And it's one of the few sports where this 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 kind of insularity is is just, it's undermining them. It well, I mean, just just to them. just just to take this a stage further, actually, because we we were going to talk about uh, you know on the back of Halsey's comments last week, and I think that all of us we're all we're all over you know we're all in our fifties and we've been watching football a long time, and I think we grew up with this kind of acknowledgement that you know the referees at worst were incompetent but that they were never bent or corrupt and and in a, and I think this really kind of interestingly links into what I was saying about this kind of you know very british attitude that everything foreign is uh, is cheating and dirty and we're all clean and green and i just think that's just unbelievably naive and i think the interesting thing that halsey was alluding to was that there is corruption uh there is always corruption where there is a huge amount of money and there are very few organisations in the world that make as much money as the Premier League and Sky TV. So why should we sit here and assume that they're not bent, that there is no corruption? There may well be. And as I said, I think you know what Halsey was saying is you know referees getting leaned on to say they hadn't seen thing, seen things or say they have seen things, you know, and that there's a you know we know that there's huge issues in terms of gambling in the game. So wh- why should we just assume that there's no corruption, Marco? <laughs> well, I, I guess we're kind of getting into, um, you know, territory that would be fairly controversial to, to suggest that, um, you know, that, that there's kind of anything untoward other than just brazen incompetence, which is... Yeah. My view on it, um, I, I just think that the, the, there is very little consistency. You know, you, if you watch um, a slew of games across the weekend, um, where there tends to be controversial issues, that there's a lot of stuff going on in in that game. They don't necessarily tend to be big games, and, and that wasn't. But you know, I, I don't think. All I think, you know, yesterday was just incompetent refereeing. I think clearly Mariner may be, I don't know, from a psychological perspective, they must know that, you know, when they make a gaffe and they think, I fucked up there, they're immediately putting themselves under pressure. And then when you've got, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 more thousand people baying you know, calling you a wanker and you're thinking everybody's watching this on telly. I don't know if there's like, they kind of like have some sort of meltdown inside and, the, you know, the, the composure goes and, and all that happens then is it, it just gets worse. Um, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call into question the integrity from, um, you know, a, a bent point of view. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, if you look at, um, you know, the... the if you, if you look at deeper into that incident where um, Fur mugged Cahill for the ball, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, that, that was pretty shocking defending that kind of led up to that anyway. You know, I, mean, I, I remember like playing football on the park, you know, that, that, that kind of, and somebody shouts, man on. Um, so I, I don't think. Chelsea did themselves any favours at all in in the build up to that incident. That said, you know, I just think 
I don't know what Mariner was doing. I don't, I, well, I, don't know. I think I think John John Chips Chiverton summed it up very very well actually. Marco he says I don't think Mariner is corrupt, but he might be fucking blind. <laughs> Which yeah. I think I think sums it up. And what you were talking about, um, referees uh, uh, feeling um, that they can't deal with it. I think it's the opposite. I think actually that Mariner is so utterly fond of himself that he never <laughs> thought for a second that he'd made an error. Um, because uh, Cahill on the pitch had a um, w- went up and talked to him about it after the goal was given um, in big close up, and um, uh, and Mariner just grinned and and uh, shook his head as if to say, "Don't be ridiculous! You're talking absolute bo- bollocks, smugly." And it was this smug attitude that yeah. really pissed me off because yeah. when he, he it, when he looks at it back, he will say, "I made a mistake." But I think they actually have to behave in this kind of. Um, uh, <clears throat> conceited, um, very, very self-aware, very in charge manner. Otherwise, they would fall apart because if, when they make, because when they, when they, when they, when they play something back, they have to admit that they've made errors. And he will be looking at this and seeing, oh my God, I wasn't near enough to the action. I didn't see what was going on. I didn't realise that Fur had kicked him twice in the leg and then stamped on him in order to get the ball. You know, I, 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 but my, my over, overwhelming view of this was this him shaking his head smugly um, and grinning at Cahill when Cahill said, I've been fouled, ref, and you you missed it. And he just go, no, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. It was a fair challenge. But um, the, the point that I really wanted to get on to was, was Gary's tweet where he, he seemed to upset a few Chelsea fans um, in terms of the fun and games uh, thing that he said and he was kind of saying that the fans have a lot of fun and games with it all now my interpretation of that was that he meant um that Brack. well no no he meant that it's you know what happens on twitter they love all the all you know they love all the hmm. you know the controversy of, of decisions and it gets everybody heated and we you know la 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 but i think a few chelsea sports kind of you know took a bit of offense to it because they thought it was all to do with uh, you know, well, it was a bit insulting, you know, because, you know, they spend a lot of money. It's a long way. You know, sometimes we play shit and we lose and it's not fun and games. Oh, you know, it's, it's no, hard gonna, work. You're pulling my chain now, aren't you? Well, I just thought they mi- I think they misunderstood it. I think that it wasn't that I, at all. I think I, 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 I called two of them to task over it because I said, at the end of the day, one, OK, he, he, he said that unrehearsed, OK, in a post-match interview where he was clearly upset. OK, I think Chelsea fans... Some of them need to fucking get over themselves a little bit here, okay? And grow the fuck up. Honestly, I'm sick and tired of dealing with some of these on Twitter. They're like five-year-olds. Put yourself in his position, okay? When he says fun and games, don't keep taking... Do you know what? If you feel a bit insulted, you really need to fuck off out of the school playground, in my view, okay? Because that's what they're behaving like. Oh, he said that. He's coated us off. He didn't fucking do anything of the sort. He didn't even refer to Chelsea fans. He just said, the fans. Yeah. Some fans, it could be any fans. And honestly, as wound up as you got about McManara and that, I get wound up by these fucking nappy shitters who go onto Twitter and say, oh, Cahill's catering us off him. And he's been shit for two years. He won us a Champions League, okay? He's won pretty much everything, having been picked up from Bolton when any other club would have taken him. I think he's been absolutely undermined, discredited, underrated. And what he said was honest, articulate, intelligent, and well put over without dissing the ref, without calling names or whatever, like a, a former Portuguese manager might have done. Okay, and it just fucks me off when these fans come out with these stupid comments 
without putting us just try and fucking put yourself in his position like that's what i say either that or you know when the break time bell goes go back into your fucking lessons uh, it, I'm sorry, Chidge. It annoys the fuck out of me, mate. It really does. <laughs> rant well over. done, Tony. Well done, Tony. You, you, you've, you've eclipsed. You've eclipsed my rants of earlier on. And so, absolutely spot on. Listen, because you know time is a moving on, um, and and I really got a few other things I want to cover. Actually, I think they might slip into part three because nobody says they want to Skype us. You miserable lot. But that's fine. You don't want to Skype us. We'll just keep waffling on. Um, but the thing that I wanted to, to move on to was um, was Courtois, Marco. And, uh, you know, the f- I read there was an amazing stat somewhere. There's no goalkeeper in the last year in the Premier League who's had more red cards, two, and, more, and given more penalties away, three. So what was your, what was your take on, on the penalty? Well, I mean, it was a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> so, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, it, it was a penalty. Could could court? You know, I mean, again, Chelsea were caught. Um, you know, that that was a counter attack that, that caught Chelsea out. I think I think it was that initial ball from Fur did the damage, and then I can't remember who it was. Was it Barrow who played Sigurdsson in? Um, you know, so I mean, obviously. Courtois was kind of like left exposed there. And I, I just wonder, looking at, you know, where he's come from um, and what happened last season as well, I'm not entirely sure if the reason, you know, he perpetrates these unnerving acts where he gives penalties away, uh, stroke gets sent off. I mean, I think... It, I think it's the new double jeopardy rule, wasn't it? Came into play, um, which Trip, triple get, jeopardy, triple jeopardy. In fact, they didn't get sent off for that offence um, against Sigerson. You know, I, I just I think it's an experience on his part. I, I just think that you know, in his time at Atletico Madrid, he was clearly had a solid defence in front of him. Um, so, you know, he was just relying on, you know, shot stopping, crosses and, and all that kind of stuff to do and distribution. Last season, you know, when it when it went completely tits up from a defensive point of view, you know, he, he, he wasn't, he, he didn't build, you know, he didn't give confidence that you get with some of the other keepers. You know, you look at players like well, Fabianski, for example, or Heaton, so some of these guys who play for teams that where you know they're, they're pretty busy all the time, I just think Courtois struggles um, with the concept of being employed, and then you know if, if there's something where he needs to react, um, you know he would have seen that in the build-up to that goal unfolding and thinking right, you know looks like Sigurdsson's going to end up on the with the ball here. What, what am I doing? Um, you know, it was all last minute, not thinking, all oh, right, well, down he goes. And, he, and he's done it all before, and it's just clumsy. And I, I think, I don't think he's a bad keeper. I don't think he's as good a keeper as he thinks he is. But I don't think, you know, our defence doesn't do him any favours sometimes um, and, and hasn't done so for, for, for quite a while. Um, I don't know what the solution is. You know, Conte... I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens now because um, 
mean, the last thing I read about JT, I don't know if he's had scans or what, but he, he may be out of the game on Friday. He may be out for a while. Obviously, now there's Louise back in the equation. Um I'll tell you what, Mark, I'm gonna, I want to pick that up in, in, in the next part because we can talk about that when we talk about Liverpool. But yeah. just to kind of summarise just to kind of summarize what you were saying, you you don't think Courtois is as good a keeper as he thinks he is, but you also think that he's also suffering a little bit from the fact that we're, our defence is a little bit shit. Would that be fair? Yeah, you know, the, the, the goalkeeping coaches that work with him, I know there was a bit of brouhaha about that, wasn't there? Uh, you know, he was, he was having difficulties with the guy Lollishon. You know, I, I just wonder what those guys do on the on the training ground because clearly, you know, as as you said, he's making the same. He's been being caught out um, the same way time after time. So you know, there's an issue there that needs to be train train. You know, there needs to be some training done there to avoid. A further repetition of that otherwise he's just going to be you know people are going to go through and go right <laughs> if you just run at him he'll bring you down and it's a penalty yeah you know? well, it's, it's interesting <laughs> that that interesting that that's happened isn't it i mean just just to, to go back to the tri- whole triple jeopardy thing tony guess who didn't realize <laughs> that the triple jeopardy law had come in and thought he, that he should have been sent off Ooh, oh that would be john yeah. hartson mate um, yeah. Just another another thing I want to get into quickly, but actually I'm just wondering, we're kind of nearly at the break. What I might do is I'm going to shove the next uh, bit, which is basically the fact that we failed to kill teams off and uh, and was it two points dropped to one point again. I'm going to shove that into the next part because we've got plenty of room in there for that tonight. Because now, Marco, it's time for fan duel. Now the game's just kicked off, hasn't it? The Everton-Sunderland uh, yeah. game. I believe so, And, yeah. and uh, that means that... We've already earned points because Jilly Bull, excuse me, Jilly Bull, Pappy has uh, probably already <laughs> already just scored for you, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, and by the way, I should relay in Mixler for those that are listening to the podcast. There's been some hilarious uh, posts on uh, Mixler about us losing Jonathan Kidd, which I have got. I've got to share. Look, the, the way I look at it is, that I think Jonathan's pissed off because. As he pointed out, uh, his uh, his because he basically he skypes using his bloody phone, which is a bit a bit precarious, if you ask me. And uh, I could see on the screen, but we lost his call six times. Uh, and then when he had his chance to speak, and we do know he likes to have his chance to speak, he then basically regurgitated exactly what we'd said, which I pointed out, and I think he was a little bit upset <laughs> about that. But I think he's more upset by the fact that it's really frustrating when you're trying to join in a show. And your bloody phone craps out. But some of the comments on here are quite priceless. Uh, Paul Burgess, oh dear. <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it. Uh, a bit like JK was breaking up with you there, Chidge. It's not working for me. That's from Nikki Kildar. There's some really, there's some other ones. But I mean, look, I think uh, let's all be nice about Jonathan because, as I said, it's very frustrating when the technology lets you down. Uh, oh, very, very droll. Uh, Paul then says, maybe JK will Skype you, Chidge. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, we're getting a massive thumbs down for anybody wanting to Skype in. And I think somebody said that, that really... Oh, here we go. Rash the Doctor said, we'd Skype you, but we're enjoying the rants tonight a bit too much to disturb you. <laughs> and uh, there's one more that caught my eye, which nearly made me fall off my chair laughing. Uh, come on, where has it gone? I can't find it. But basically it was along the lines that 
nobody wants to Skype in because they're too scared that I might shout at them like I shouted at Jonathan. <laughs> I will be setting up a dominatrix uh, Skype after the fancast tonight for anybody who wants to be verbally abused and humiliated. My rates are very reasonable. Uh, anyway, um, moving swiftly along, we were talking about FanDuel. And uh, just to remind you, you lovely people who listen to the show every week, what FanDuel is, it's basically a new form of uh, of uh, one-day fantasy football. So uh, you pick a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures, or in fact last week it was for the entire weekend fixtures, including tonight, uh, so that you don't get locked into the whole season, which can be a bit dull. And you can play, watch, and you can win money if you're good enough all in one day. And you can play for free or you can put your own money on the line and you can, you know, win a bit of money if you're good enough. Uh, of course, it was designed by football fans like us and it's powered by Optostats. And it's 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 more than just about goals and assists like a lot of these games are on clean sheet. You know, because it's op- Optostats driven, every pass, interception, tackle, you name it is included. Uh, and you get 100 million quid to spend. And we've been having some fun, fun, fun. And I have to say, we are in the presence of greatness tonight because Marco has pretty much won every round this season, haven't you, mate? Oh, did I, have I? Oh, you have. You, you've been storming it every week, mate. I've and I'm in, yeah. I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. I just really pop- it. Yeah, well, that's great. Anyway, <clears throat> the scores on the doors this week... Bearing in mind that the actual competition hasn't exactly finished because we obviously have got to see the Everton and the uh, Sunderland game uh, play out. But in uh, now this is quite controversial. In in reverse order, in sixth at the moment is Dan Silver. Now Dan, Dan Ross and Marco usually wipe the floor with the idiots like me, Jonathan and Dan Silver. Right? No, sorry, Dan Levine. Uh, but Dan is in sixth place at the moment, or one thousand and forty-fourth out of seven hundred, one thousand seven hundred and forty with 205 points, but he's got two players playing tonight, one of whom I think is Lukaku. Um, So he's got a good... And Coleman's the other one. Dan Levine is in 867th place, as am I, with 216 points... uh, 75 points, sorry. 216 spots, 75. Now, Dan's got Jagielka and Barkley in his side tonight, and I've got Morales and Barkley, so hopefully I'll, uh, I'll catch up. Now, in third, our debutante is... The wonderful Clayton Beerman, who's joined the party. He is 395th at the moment overall. And he's got 252.75 points. And he's won a tenner. And he's got two players playing tonight. And then we've got Marco, who is 357th overall on 255.75 points. He has also won a tenner. But worryingly for Marco, he's got Papi Gilabodji playing, who will probably score at least three own goals, Marco. What do you reckon? I don't know. I'm not just. I'm just looking at the live reporting on the BBC website, and it says six minutes. We never saw Papa Gilibodji in the Premier League with Chelsea, but I've heard good things about his start to life at Sunderland, mm. and that is excellent anticipation to step out and cut out a pass aimed for Romelu Lukaku. Well, I can tell you, yeah, I've just scored. In my team mainly because he was only five million pounds. I can tell you, I can tell you that I have just scored while we were talking ten points, and I am now leapt up to seven hundred and sixty-six, but still one bugger all. Um, anyway, so this is why it's quite exciting tonight. Now, at the top of the table, our little mini league at the moment is Ross Mooring. Now, Ross is currently, or he was before the game kicked off, in one hundred and thirty-fifth place with two hundred and eighty-nine points fifty, and he's he's on a tenner. So basically, I think realistically, either Clayton or or Marco 
I would say more likely to be Clayton can can possibly pip Ross to the number one spot this week. I've got no chance, although I've I've moved I've got ten you know, I've got ten points already and they've only really just kicked off. So it's all really exciting. I think what we'll do, hopefully we'll we'll still be on air, you know, uh at, at, oh, oh oh hang on, breaking news from the FA. Jo- Jonathan Kidd could be facing a one fan cast ban after tonight's show. Um that's from that's from uh yeah, that's Andy Silverman. That's Andy Silverman. Uh, yes, Nikki Kilduff says that Chidge is starting the new BDSM UK fanzine. How do you know that, Nikki? You're very perceptive. Only a pounding. Very good. Very, very, very good. I like that. I like that. Uh, anyway, that's completely put me off my stride. Uh, but the bottom line is it's quite exciting and the game's going on. So we'll revisit this later before the end of the show and we'll see how we're all doing. Now, um, I'd, obviously, I'd love to know how you lot are doing because I know quite a lot of you are playing this. Joe Bloggs has got 179.5 for the first week. Made the mistake of putting a gooner in. Yes, good point. Uh, Paul Burgess has got 201 so far, so he's clearly got money on uh, men in the game tonight. Um, there's a few, and somebody tweeted me. I mean, I have to say that all the people who have let me know how they're doing are doing worse than me, which has felt made me feel better because I usually get pasted by everybody on here. But there you go. Now, enough of all this. Um, I, what I would say is normally this is when I would announce the game for this week and you could all sign up. But because, of course, uh, they're still playing tonight, they've not released this week's game yet. But once they do, I will put the details up on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, just remember that when you sign up to the game, you use the promo code Chelsea Fan. Chelsea Fan to get any special offers such as refunding your entry fee if you don't win win cash in your first contest. And of course, remember, you must be 18 or over to enter and based in the UK. And please play responsibly, just like we do. Now, after the break, we're going to get back to the old football chat. See you in a sec. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Uh, well, welcome back. Uh, this is Stanford Chidge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast on the show tonight. <laughs> what? Sorry, what are you Stephen, laughing about? The, the, I've just seen the funniest JK comment ever. Well, where, 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 where? We'll go, we'll... News. we'll Gaza has turned up outside JK's house with a fishing rod. (laughs) 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 Who put that up there? Who put that up there? Nicky killed Nicky's on fire. Nicky. By the way, Nicky, I was sorry about being rude about. I wasn't being rude about Irish people. I was being rude about Conor McNamara, which is a different thing entirely. Uh, That is just JK's away (laughs) listening to Blue Skies on his Harley D. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, this is the this is the Stamford Chidge and I'm Chelsea Fancast or something like that. Uh, now uh, we're we're diminished by one. We've lost uh, we've lost Jonathan Kidd. Um, Jonathan was having trouble with his phone tonight, and uh, which is very frustrating for him. I mean, he dropped out six times, and I think he's a bit cross with it. He might be a bit cross with me for not being as sympathetic and understanding as perhaps I might be, but. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it was a very long show last week and I didn't want it to be a very long show this week. But never mind, I'm sure we're fine. We're good, we're good, we're tight. We, you know, we'll, we'll get over this, we will. Uh, now, in Jonathan's absence, we're, we're left with uh, the wonderful Tony Glover from the Podding Shed. Hello, Tony. Hello, good evening. And, um, well, I'm not going to say welcome to myself, but it's good to be here. You're welcome to yourself, mate. There's no, no trouble with that. Uh, and, of course, we have the wonderful, wonderful, lovely Mark Worrell. Hello. And uh, as you can tell from their somewhat demure bearing, these guys are very scared that I might shout at them and then it'll just be me on the show. That would be terrible. (laughs) For God's sake, guys, whatever I say to you... This isn't working for me. This is not working for me. Yeah, well, whatever whatever I say, however horrible I am, please do not leave me. I would hate to be... (laughs) I would hate to be left on my own, and and the only people who would hate it more than me would be the poor listeners who would have to put up with me. So, please do not go, do not leave me, don't forsake me. There's a song in there somewhere. Anyway, um, we we kind of interrupted the football chat by talking a bit of fan duel chat before the break. Uh, I can quickly inform you that I've gone up even more places. I'm now 732nd with 230.25 points, Marco. I'm catching you, son. I'm catching you. It will happen. Papi Jalabot to get sent off, scoring masses of lots of own goals and losing Marco points, please. You up? We've got 4.5 points now, Jimmy Body. Has he? Oh dear. Yeah. So you've crept up again. I'm toast. Anyway, we, we, we kind of finished off the last part by talking about Courtois. Uh, but what we've got left to talk to talk about, rather, on the Swansea game is the fact that, you know, I mean, Conte mentioned this, actually, and I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really warming to this chap a lot, actually. Uh, because he calls it as he sees it, and he doesn't—he doesn't—he doesn't pull punches at all about what's happening. But unlike Jose, he doesn't throw his players under the bus, does he? You know, and I like that. I mean, the fact is that he said, "Look, you know, we we didn't—we were one nil up, we were cruising, we were absolutely dominated that game, but we didn't kill them off, and it's not good enough." And you know, he says what I'm sure most of us were actually thinking, Tony. Don't you think? Absolutely. Um, I've been a Chelsea fan since 1970. Um, and you could you could pretty much use that too casual, not clinical enough, 
pretty much every season. Um, we've had a few seasons when we, I think under Carlo, we were ruthless, weren't we? Won 8 0 on the last day of the season when we only needed a win and uh, and that sort of stuff. Um, and we've had our moments, but th- that one on, on Sunday was peculiar simply because we did have so, I mean, we were so dominant, it was embarrassing. And, um, you know, I, I think Swansea were probably relieved to go in at 1 0 rather than 5 or 6. Um, but yeah, it is something, and I, I think with Conti, he's got he's got a steely eye about him. He's very polite. He's not quite the what the media made him out to be. This kind of ogre um, in press conferences, and that may, may that may yet come. But he's got a bit of a twinkle in his eye, and I think the players are enjoying working with him. But I think they know there's a there's a real spine there, and a man who is not going to back down. He's going to say what he wants, and he's going to expect them to do it which is what he's paid to do. I like him. Um, yeah. The casualness, it, it was there. I think you're right about Costa. I think it probably came at him so fast. Um, but there were one or two other chances, I think, were Hazard. Um, he probably should have had a goal. Um, there was you know, one or two chances where you think, why, why did you go for that extra pass? And, and it worries me that you know, this has been a bit of a feature. There's two things. One is the, um, the extra pass trying to walk it in like a, you know, the goal should be a piece of art. No, it shouldn't. It should go in the back of the net off someone's arse. I don't really care. Um, and the second one, and I'll, I'll, it's not in your in your list of stuff or whatever, is stop with the short fucking corners. I hate them. <laughs> okay? You're getting a free cross. Make fucking use of it. Don't. There was a couple of times yesterday where we took a short corner and ended up back at the halfway line. I've got some more breaking news here, Tony. Uh, that was yes. a fantastic point, by the way. I didn't mean to, to, to railroad straight over that, but things are moving fast on the Mixler, Mixler chat room board. Uh, CFC Mode has said, Gary Cahill has just appeared on BBC supporting JK, <laughs> saying he can hear him on the moon. <laughs> Listen, all right, okay, you lovely people. You're very, very funny, and I know you're all auditioning to write these scripts uh, for the fan cast. God, God help me, you're welcome to doing that. I think what would be a very nice and kind thing to do, for those of you who have the facility to tweet right now, I, if I was you, I would be tweeting messages of support to Jonathan Kidd on Twitter right now, saying how much you miss him and how sad you were to see him flounce off. Sorry, to, to, how sad you were to see him uh, unable to do the show tonight. So uh, please, please send your messages of support to at Jonathan Kidd and be nice. Give him some love because he deserves it because the naughty bad Uncle Chid shouted at him and that's not very nice. So there we go. Uh, Marco, moving swiftly along. Um, I thought, uh, you know, again, just picking up on what Tony was saying, the, the, one of the interesting things that came out in the press last week Oh, there's hashtags. All JKs matter. Like it. Like it. Very, very political, but I like it. Dear JK, it was you, not me. I like it. Anyway, sorry. Marco, I was about to say, one of the things that I noticed last week was, I think particularly an interview with Hazard, where Hazard was kind of pointing out that he he likes playing for Conte because Conte was a player and he understands player, which was seen as as a veiled dig at Mourinho, who, of course wasn't a player but what it made me think of was a lot of the the brouhaha last year was around Mourinho style of management which is you know a bit like Chidge's really a bit bit shouty and rude um, which only only works for so long because after a while players and people get immune to it and they they don't hear it anymore and that that in a sense was where the palpable discord perhaps lay Um, but it's an interesting contrast isn't it with with Conte absolutely and I I was actually uh... Now you mention it, I, I just think it's interesting, um, you know, that whole respect thing, um, 
you know, it's, it's not the first time that it's been um, waved at, at Mourinho. It was waved at Villas Boas as well. Um, and I really, you know, I, I do genuinely believe that, um, particularly at, at a higher level, um, you know, if you've got a situation with a group of players uh, and, you know, you, you're wanting them to buy into your philosophy and style of play, um, it's a lot easier to do that if you've actually um, done that yourself as a player. And I think, you know, Conte um, and certainly Ancelotti, you know, they were masters, superb players, won everything. Um, and, you know, for a footballer to be managed by somebody who has won everything at the highest level, well, what, what, what is not to like about that? Um, you know, these guys, uh, they're, they're just going to lap it up, aren't they? You know, coming last year, I mean, it was, it was obvious Mourinho lost the dressing room um, and, all, and all the fallout of it and whose fault it was and the finger point and the whys and wherefores. But I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that, um, you know, had Mourinho the experience of being a player where things aren't going right um, and shared that experience, it, it might have been a slightly different scenario. And I'm sure, you know, Conte in his first meetings with those players would have said, look, you know, understand things haven't been too good this season. You're all good players. Um, this is my experience. This is what I've done. Um, let, let, let's make it better together. Let's, let's all be in this together and I'll share with you my experience. Um, and these guys will just say, yeah, do you know what? I buy this guy's philosophy, even if it means, you know, playing in a slightly different way. I mean, it's interesting what's happened at Man City with, you know, the the, the Joe Hart thing, which you know was was open to elements of uh, amusement over the weekend. Notwithstanding, first it was Bravo with his comedy of errors, and then poor old Joe Hart dropping a bollock for, for Torino. But you know, if Guardiola says this is my way of playing and this is the way we do it. And if you're not prepared to learn how to do it, then you don't play for me. People are just going to buy into it because, you know, this guy's done it um, at every level. And, and I think Conte, you know, clearly, you know, the reason we love him as Chelsea supporters is um, he's just passionate. He, he kicks every ball in that technical area. He's shouting, he's gesticulating. But you know what? The nicest thing about this fella, um, for me, is that there's not an ounce of... Um, th th there's no sort of underhandedness. There's no snidiness in terms of uh, the way he conducts himself with the media. It's all above board. It's like, right, this is what's happened. And as far as I'm concerned, it wasn't good enough. There's no excuses. You know, compare that with Mourinho's post-match presser against City and you can see all the little signs there that a couple of more results, you know, if, you know, I would just love it. I would just love it if David, <laughs> Luiz, if David Luiz scored the winner and, he's, you know, he's quite possibly going to be playing in that game when we play United um, at the bridge in October. 
Uh, wouldn't that just be? Uh, oh man! You, you, the, uh, I I cannot wait for that. I tell you what, though, it, I've got even. That, more... makes, Sorry, go on, mate. It makes it makes it sound like I'm doing Jose a disservice here because you know he was a fantastic manager for for most of his time at Chelsea and achieved great things. And there is no doubt that you know he's a supreme um, motivator of players, but you know. That his Achilles heel is the fact that he didn't play football at any level um, worth worth considering, and you know that that will stalk him. You know, and yeah, he will be the, remembered um, for a lot of things that he did good at Chelsea, but also for that season. And you know, at United, <laughs> you know they're they're already baying you know, questioning this love of Rooney and all of this kind of stuff. You know, all the signs are there that it's just going to self-combust at some point. Um, and obviously it's not our problem, but I think, you know, we've, we've got a great manager. I know, you know, Jose always wanted to... Sorry, Jose. Roman's always courted um, Guardiola and that never happened and probably never will. And, uh, you know, you can understand why. But I think, you know, in Conte, we, we've got a manager who potentially could achieve um, great things. You know, obviously, within that, there needs to be, um, you know, an element of patience on the part of Abramovich. There needs to be an element of understanding, you know, how, how he's going to develop the squad and what that entails. Um but uh, I just think we're in really good hands at the moment. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I mean, having said that, though, Tony, unless you want... Do you want to come... Tony, are you itching to come back on that? Uh, uh, no, I, I pretty much agree with you. I think um, Marco's point about the um, the, the whole uh, not having any uh, credibility or, or experience as a player is part of it. But also, he, his, his managerial career has been meteoric. Um, I'm talking about Jose now. Um, and he's not really had a bad time in amongst it, even in the seasons where he got sacked from other teams, he'd won something usually or finished second. And I think sometimes you do need to, you, you, you have to experience the bad to know what the good is like. Otherwise you will become complacent or um, your immaturity, your kind of emotional immaturity. <laughs> and you should know, yeah, but you, should, you, you know what it's I mean? No, it's, the, it's not um, you, Tony. It's um, not you. I just, I just caught something on Twitter. Uh, Rash, you're a very naughty boy, Rash, but Rash has just said on Twitter, I support at Jonathan Kidd against his unfair suspension from tonight's at Chelsea fancast. Andrew Andre Mariner thought that was unfair. All JKs matter. <laughs> That's quality. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, mate. You were saying that was very yeah, rude of I, me I to interrupt. Think, I, I think with the, the JC thing is a lack of kind of that emotional intelligence about the, how to deal with a situation that's gone wrong. I, I just don't think he had the maturity or the experience, not only as a player, but his 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 managerial career has been so stellar. This guy, I think. He's he's known as as Mark said the downfalls and the pitfalls of whatever. I mean I, I think he was probably pretty gutted that Italy didn't go on because he he had them punching above their weight in the Euros. Uh, and he's obviously very passionate about everything he does. I love the fact that he you know what Mark Mark said about the fact that he 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 heads every ball, kicks every ball, he, whatever. That's me, and the fans yeah. around. Me. Yeah. And, and I, I you know I, I I'm like that. I come out of the game aching like that. I've had a bloody workout. You know, don't forget, I've probably had six or seven pints before the game in some cases. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's what I like to see from the manager. And I, I yeah. love the fact that he's managed to get off 
so far four or five games and he hasn't entered any stupid mind games. Mm. I tell you what, though, I mean, that's quite a good segue, Tony, because, you know, it, it was it was disappointing yesterday and I'm not in any way shitting my nappy with this. You know, we dominated that game. We should have come away with all three points. We didn't. We drew. Um, and and I, I mean, you know, if you go back to Gary Cahill's post-match interview and, you know, he, he, he it was really interesting the way that he focused on that, that, the fact that, yeah, it might just seem like two points to you lot, but actually this could make a big difference to where we want to be. And, and, and he's right to have that attitude. Um, and I think the other thing that occurred to me was that, you know, we haven't really had... You know, we've had three, you know, quite tough games, which perhaps shouldn't have been as tough as they were. We 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 murdered uh, Burnley, fair enough. But the other three games, it, it's been nip and tuck, and yet we haven't really been tested or had to face any of the bigger teams. And on Friday, we've got Liverpool, and after that, we've got Arsenal away. And you know, in in a in a funny sense, I'm less concerned about Leicester. But you know, let's be honest, they are the champions, and we finished tenth last year. So we've now got a bit of a, a test on our hand for the next three games. Um, and I, I, you know, I just want, I mean, you know, I, I, we are going to know a lot more about this Conte Chelsea team, I think, uh, by the time the next international break comes along, because we would have played some decent teams. Don't you think Marco? I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I think fundamentally, um, you know, those, those sort of issues that we sort of touched on a bit earlier regarding, you know, the addition of Kante in that midfield as a, as a shield for the back line, it, it shouldn't be underestimated. But I just think, you know, pace, positioning, awareness, those three things, you know, were, were a little bit awry in in both instances um, when Swansea scored yesterday. And, it, and it's a definite weakness. And, you know, the fact that we can... You know, we should have taken our chances and scored more goals yesterday. We, you know, we're still in that territory as a football team. We, we, you know, it sounds a bit glib, but, you know, providing you score more goals and you concede, you win. But we're kind of like, you know, we're in that kind of 4-3, 4-2 type Chelsea, um, which, you know, obviously if we're winning 4-3 and 4-2, it's exciting stuff. But, um, you know, you look at Liverpool and they're kind of in a similar kind of predicament to, to Chelsea where... You know, they, they will ship goals because their back line doesn't look that convincing or cohesive. But they've got goals in them, you know, and a, and a really good forward line. And I think, you know, on, on Friday, um, you know, for, for, the, for people who like a bet, you know, both teams to score, that's the bet. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's the, got nil-nil written all over it, Marco. Exactly. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I just think it, it does worry me you know, the, the, the whole, the fact that Conte has kind of stayed with those four guys um, from last season. And, you know, to be honest, you know, they, 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 they are, there are still those underlying nerves that jangle when, when you see people, players, you know, with a bit of pace running at them or, you know, where, where they've got to face up to some incisive passing. Um, you know, they're, they're okay against the Burnleys of this world that aren't going to test them. But, you know, what is it? We've got Arsenal, sorry, Liverpool, Leicester in the cup, and then Arsenal in the, in the league. You know, they, 
that's that's where the test's going to be, and I'm not sure. I'm not convinced we're, we're equipped to to deal with that kind of um, you know full frontal assault that, that that where those teams are really you know have got the ability to tear defenses to shreds if if they're not um, well organised enough. It's it's a worry. Um, I don't know what the position is with JT. If, if he's, you know, obviously he's got the experience, uh, if he, lacking somewhat in the mobility of old. Um, you know, I would say he not having him for those games is is potentially a big loss. And then what happens now? So Louise comes into the side, partners Cahill. I mean, that was the duo that you know won as the Champions League. Um, exactly, exactly, Marco. That's, that's a good. That's a really good point. You know, I, one of the things I was going to say is that what I, I I'm quite pleased with in comparison to last season, and I and I think, you know, in in a, in a sense, it's one of the advantages of of having a new broom, really, in in terms of Conte as as you know a new manager. Uh, but we we now look like we've got a much better squad depth than we had last season. And last season, of course, in many respects, was queered a bit by the fact that that Jose clearly felt he only really had about twelve players he could trust, which which diminished us as a squad. I think. I mean, not his fault. I you know, if he felt that was right, that that's his job as the manager, and I wouldn't ever dig him out for that. But I think this year it looks a bit a bit you know, there's more depth to it. I mean, I think I'm really glad to see Moses back for a start. You know, I don't think Moses is a bad player, and as Marco will tell everybody, he's potentially got the best chant of any Chelsea player since the last time he had a good chant for a Chelsea player. Marco, which is Victor Moses. <laughs> Thank you. See, I told you. Uh, you know, so I, I'm really glad to see Moses back and given a chance, and I, I, I think it's nice to see that he's. You know, th- th- there's a fairness about that, which I think is deserved. And and you know, you've got Fabregas who. You know, he's on the bench at the moment, but is but is not being. You know, it's not like he's. Oh well, you're never going to play for me again. It's well, look. You know, this is how I want to play it. But you know, you're still very much part of the squad. And he came on, and and I think he did make us look better. And there's possibly an argument to say, you know, in view of the fact that we're not killing teams off, in view of the fact that 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 we're we're not putting you know you know battering teams like we should, perhaps. We should think about putting Fabregas in there to create more. He is our most creative player after all. So I think that there are already signs that there are some positives. But, I, I, you know, I, I have a nagging doubt that we haven't really been up against a test and Liverpool and Arsenal are going to be a test and it's going to be intriguing to see what happens. Um, one one thing I would say... Oh, well, I know the other thing. Here we have the final point on this I was going to say is that Unlike last season, where you could play absolutely shit and be guaranteed a first-team start, Tony, I get the feeling that now there's a lot of players who are looking over their shoulder. If I don't perform, if I'm not up to scratch in this game, then you know there's a there's gonna you know there's somebody's gonna take my place. And I think that was a lot of what underneath um, Cahill was articulating in that interview, Tony. Do you think? Yes, and I think he, he he did. He alluded to that, didn't he? At the, the impact that it can have, oh, and he he made a, a specific point of saying he thought we'd had a very good game, which I think he did. Um, and, and initially, you think it was a mistake, but Cahill made that point. Also, the treatment of Fabregas, which people, you know, fifty fifteen people are saying, well, he's treating Fabregas poorly. He's doing what a manager does. He's choosing players to play 
where he wants them to play in the way he wants to play them. This isn't about mm. treating people unfairly. You, you, me and you and Mark, we've got no idea if he's been treated unfairly because we haven't been party to those conversations. But Fabregas doesn't look unhappy, does he? No, he you doesn't, and, and, and I think I think it's, a, you know, there, there was something in Mourinho's first team where there was that kind of indomitable team spirit, which was, you know, patently wasn't there last year. And I'm going back to the 2004 side as well as the one that won the league um, two years ago. Um, there was a team spirit, a kind of, you know, unbeatableness about them, a confidence, a swagger. Um, I think we're not there yet. Uh, I think no. you're right about the fact that we've got a test coming up, but it's it's not a bad thing. And I think people who are expecting us to go unbeaten this season because that's what he did in his first season with Juve, in a bit of a pipe dream. It's a different league. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's one of the few leagues in the, in, the, in the world where the team at the bottom can beat the team at the top on the day. Uh, and I think we need to, you know, there needs to be a bit of caution in here. We're four games into a season. If we if we get four points from the next six, I'd be happy. Leicester, you know, uh, they're suffering a little bit, I think, from last season syndrome and, and that difficult second album, as it were. Um, and I think that, that, that I'm less worried about that. I'm most worried about Arsenal. Liverpool, um, I hope we're absolutely burning. I mean burning. And I know we're going to go on to it in a minute, but I hope we're burning for the injustice of that shit performance at Stamford Bridge, which, as we all know, cost someone their job. Oh, well, well, that's a very, um, very, very good point. Just just to kind of round this up, chaps, um, and, and, and I'm going to say a cheerio to Bonnie Ring Blues, they may have already gone, who said it's sw- switching the Chelsea fan cast off tonight. It's coming and going. Reminds me of listening to Radio Luxembourg many me- moons ago. I, I remember listening to Radio. I bet you two remember listening to Radio Luxembourg as well, don't you? Under the covers, I know. I believe yeah. it was two covers. Under the covers. Yeah, 208. 208. With their faux American disc jockey-ish type ways. Anyway, Roscoe. <clears throat> Emperor Roscoe. Yeah, I remember that. Anyway, enough of Radio Luxembourg. We're not here to talk about Radio Luxembourg. Um, final point on this before we go to the break and the last part. Um, what do you boys, Marco? What do you think of Friday night kickoffs? Uh, well, as um, speaking as a parent, it, it's great because uh, <laughs> I can see my daughter at the weekend, um, but. To be honest with you, I just think it's, it's ridiculous. So let's get this right. Um, Chelsea play Liverpool at 8 p.m. on a Friday night. So you know, even even, even if you even if you're a Chelsea supporter and you and you live and work in London, um, it's not brilliant. If, you, if you're a Liverpool supporter, um, how does that work? So you have to take a Friday off work, effectively. Yeah. Um, well, do they in Liverpool? You know, yeah, 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 but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Just think, you know, what we're going to have next? We're going to have, like, Thursday at 3 o'clock or something um, to, to, yeah, to yeah. allow for, you know, Saudi Arabia TV or, or you know, something ridiculous like that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's all wrong, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Five 5.30s on a Saturday, crap. You know, twelve thirty on a Saturday. Crap, football. Yeah. You know, three o'clock Saturday. God's time for football. I think everybody kind of got used to the Sunday at four o'clock thing. Um, and really, you know, that should be it. You know, mon- Monday eight o'clock kickoffs. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. 
Well, I'm with Spurs, you, Marco. So, we, we, I mean, we, I'll be... We, I, the Spurs game because of that. Well, I mean, I, I, well, I mean, you know, hitherto, I mean, I, I, I actually, you know what? Marco makes a, a really sound and actually selfless point there. And I, and I know exactly what he means because, you know, hitherto, when I worked for myself, I could do what I liked and they could have a bloody match any time they wanted and it wouldn't bother me at all. But but now I've got other stuff going on in my life. I mean, as Tony said, I, I, I had to miss the West Ham game because... You know, I work now, and uh, and I I just couldn't get up there in time. And you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. How dare you say that? You very rude word, Jack. Uh, on always moaning. We're not moaning always. I'm just saying that I feel it's really. I, look, Marco and I, no problem. We can go any time we bloody want. But the fact of the matter is, there are people that work. There are people that live a long way away, and they can't. You know, they're not just around the corner. It's really difficult, and. It's actually, you know, the thin end of the wedge. Well, I say it's the thin end of the wedge. It's been the thin end of the wedge and getting fatter every year down to Sky and the Premier League and the way that they really just don't think about uh, the people that are the most important quotient in football who are the supporters that go and support their team. Tony? If you're you're a Liverpool fan, and as easy as it is for us to slag them off uh, for being Liverpool fans, they've got to get back to Liverpool that night because there's no way there'll be a train back beyond half past nine, I wouldn't think. Um, so what, were they left with a choice of overnight accommodation or driving? I don't expect to see a particularly big crowd from Liverpool on, on Friday night. Now, in my own case, and you, you know this, I live down to I live Petersfield Way. So I've got an hour journey if the traffic's clear. This is a Friday evening, OK? In or out of London won't make a blind bit of difference, right? And mm. I'm hoping and praying that if we leave at four, that we'll be there by, you know, six or seven. So I get a chance of a pint in the cock beforehand so I can see everybody. But it, it, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, a blatant sort of disregard for the fans. And it is, is, it, is, I, I, is... I understand Sky have paid a lot of money and they want their Hollywood, OK? But, uh, you know, Saturday... Oh, three is o'clock... Sky and not BT, is it? Is it Sky? Sky it, it is. I'm sure it's Sky, yeah. I'm sure it's Sky that have got this. It's their whole thing, isn't it? like the Monday night football on a Friday. They, they had a game a couple of weeks ago on a Friday night, didn't they? And I can't remember which one it was. United. Um, yeah. And, and that's United Bournemouth, wasn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. Southampton. Southampton. And didn't look, Southampton yeah, fans had no chance of getting a train back that time. You, know, well, you, you can't. I mean, look, I think I think this is the point. And, and actually, I'm, I'm quite proud of the fact that we've all been quite selfless and, and recognise that because, you know, it's not easy for a lot of people, and I and I include the Scousers in that. And you know, somebody posted up. I think it was Andy posted on uh, Mixler that uh, they've returned quite a lot of tickets, which would normally lead to a lot of supporter derision. Is that all you take away? But actually, you know, it's a lot of money to come down on a Friday night, and a lot of aggro for them. And I sympathise so with the them. Next, the you what, game, mate? No, I'm just going to say I'm just looking at the fixtures here. The next Friday night game. Um, is is on the 30th of September, which is Everton against Crystal Palace. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, so no favours for anyone there. No. I had a, I had a brilliant idea, you know, because you know that I'm a bit of a visionary, you guys, as you well know. Indeed. You know, yes. I mystic mystic chidge, they call me. Uh, but um, I had a brilliant idea the other day that was sparked off by the fact that they had the man the, the Manchester derby and the Glasgow derby on the same day. What they should do for the kind of the Christmas or the Boxing Day fixture or the New Year's Day fixture, whatever, really. But they should make that Derby Day. So well, whatever your local Derby is, that's who you should play that day. What a you know? good idea. Because, and it would be, it'd be cracking. Every, every game in the Premier League is pretty much going to be a Derby. 
So it'll be that would be that would be mental, wouldn't it? And I can't believe they've not thought that through. You know that that to me makes total sense. You know, I mean, for us, we'd we'd probably end up with West Ham because Arsenal would play uh, would play um, Spurs or well, whatever. That, yeah, but, yeah. But that's that. There's a big rivalry with West Ham, and that that'll work. You know, you get Liverpool, Everton. You know, you in the old well, you'd get Middlesbrough, Sunderland this year. You know, make it a derby day. I think it'd be brilliant. And I don't know. And actually, if you were really smart, you'd have the Boxing Day fixture would be like Chelsea West Ham, and the January the first fixture would be West Ham Chelsea. That's what you would do. It'd be brilliant. Anyway, I'm going to leave you all with that thought because we really need to go to a break. Uh, but afterwards, um, well, we're going to have a, a chat really about all the other supporters' news. No Skype calls because you are too scared to Skype us in for fear of uh, retribution and loathing by yours truly. Um, and uh, there are no emails this week because none of you wrote them in. So I, I mean, basically, I'm on. A, I'm on. A, I've done really well. I've upset all the listeners. I've upset all the uh, emailers, <laughs> and most of, most importantly of all, I've upset my right hand man, uh, the right honourable Jonathan Kidd, who will probably never speak to me ever again. Uh, and uh, and there we go. And it's all my fault. I think I should just go and kill myself. Bye bye. <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Did you hear them gunshots, Mark? Hey? Did you hear the gunshots? Gunshots? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or do you think she's just. Fucked off and gone for a pint with JK so they can make up and just left us two to it. <laughs> Come back, cheese, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, you see, you know, you think it's really easy, don't you? And I mean, I, I, I was actually, actually I, I, I was, I, there, you, you should know better. You've done a bloody podcast. You should know better. But, you know, I was about to go off and shoot myself because clearly I've just screwed everything up royally. And I heard you making such a horlicks of it. I just thought I just can't. I can't let. I can't let the people down. I just can't let them down. So I, I've come back to rescue it. Now? You what? Doing psychotherapy? Yeah, you'd never guess, would you? So, doesn't the phrase "physician heal thyself" come to mind? Yeah, I've been. It, it didn't. It didn't work on me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I broke the mould, mate. Oh, anyway, uh, you'll be delighted to know, or maybe you won't be delighted to know that I am back. But uh, I am Stanford Chidge. This is the Chelsea Fancast. We are in the last part. It's been quite a surreal show tonight i think that's all i'm prepared to say uh, i'm under i have actually got my lawyers now sitting next to me and under advice they've told me not like to mention team. we're like a team with a down to 10 or nine men and, and we're battling bravely away with a rear guard well, action mate that's i, I like. feel it's a bit i feel it's a bit like when uh, graham lasso and david batty had a set to at blackburn <laughs> or kieran dyer and and uh, who's that awful chav that we all hated the horrible little one lee oh. was it lee was it Craig Bellamy, wasn't it? The, no, the rat. It was was it was it Dyer and Bellamy? What's the oh, other one yeah. that played for Charlton and then Lee Boyer? Lee Boyer. Lee Boyer. You know, I feel that yeah. I feel that it's it's a self inflicted uh, wound tonight, and I'm afraid I'm afraid we are the poorer for it. Four has become three. Hopefully, for only one week, I have a lot of patching up to do with lo- the lovely Jonathan, uh, who's disappeared then, or somebody's just Sky- somebody's sent me a message on Skype. Is it is it Jonathan? No, it's uh, it's Jonathan Dyer who 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 who's feels he's above Jonathan Dyer, as in Tony Glover's old, you know, his Jonathan kid to to the to the Stanford Chidge really on the podding shed. 
He keeps messaging me on Skype, Tony. So he's clearly listening, but he feels he's above uh, putting something on the Mixler chat room, possibly. I don't know. Anyway, he said it is Lee Boyer, so we were right. Anyway, I'm prattling on. What a surprise. Um, we have a few bits of the usual sports and news to give out, but the first thing is uh, I, I'm going to bore you stupid. Uh, in fact, I'm going to bore you all stupid now uh, because, you see, normally we'd have Jonathan to do this, to break it up a bit and make it less boring. Now it's going to be me. It's, I, I really feel for you this week. Anyway, uh, yeah, the first thing, of course, is I really, really want to tell you about the Football Blogging Awards, which are among us again. Uh, it goes on the preliminary round, really. It's um, it's like a nomination stage. So what they do is that they get everybody to vote, uh, and that goes on until the 26th of September. And if you got enough votes, you then get put into the final. Uh, now, as you all know, we've done rather, rather well at this in the past. In fact, we won it last year for the Best Football Podcast. And we won it in 2012. So um, we are going for the unprecedented, unparalleled hat-trick, which would be rather marvellous if we could do that. Um, I don't have any expectation that we will, but it would be jolly nice. Uh, if we are going to do that, we're going to need your help. Uh, and you can do that in one of two ways. In fact, you can do it. You can do both website and Twitter. I believe you can vote on both. It's not counted as double counting. So if you want to go to the website, you go to footballbloggingawards.co.uk and you vote Chelsea Fancast in the Best of Football Podcast category. And if you go to Twitter, I mean, I've got usually, a, I think, the pinned tweet that I've got up there, you just have to click through and it will automatically write for you, I'm voting in at the FBAS for at Chelsea Fancast as the Best Football Podcast. So please get everybody to vote. Uh, they all count. It'd be nice to go up to Manchester and... Uh, Last year, we beat the uh, the West Ham podcast, who are called, I can't remember, what is it? Oh, I can't remember what they're called, but it's basically K-U-M-B, uh, which I thought was obscene, but uh, nobody else seemed to get the joke. Uh, anyway, um, enough of that. Uh, so vote Chelsea Fancast in the Best Football Podcast category. Make sure we get nominated, and hopefully we'll get a chance of retaining the uh, title we won last year. And you can also nominate us in the judges' choice. One of the judges there will be none other than Paul King Canners Cannaville. So how about that? Uh, and while you're at it, you lovely people, if you could also vote for some of our friends, uh, vote for Chelsea HQ as the best social football account. And nobody seems to be doing this, so maybe Rory's just not into this. And fair enough if he's not, but I mean, I think the Chelsea Fans Channel should get recognised as the best video blog because they sure as hell knock the shit out of the clickbaity Arsenal fan TV and others of their ilk. Uh, Rory puts on a fantastic show and is a lovely, lovely, decent and very bright bloke. Would you agree with that, gentlemen? Indeed. I would indeed, of course, yes. Mm. And I've actually no. just tweeted your thing, so if anybody out there, it, one of my half dozen or so followers, you can see what I've done and just use that one as well. I've just done it in the last minute. Have you now? Okay. Yes. Well, last week Dan Dan tweeted it out and he tweeted it. It tweeted it wrong. You know. Well, I mean, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, only a bit complicated was it? I mean, this is what happens. You know, I fall out with Jonathan K. I'm going to end up with people like Dan every week. You know, it's just Jesus Christ. Anyway, enough of all that. Um, I'm going to try and get through this really, really quickly, people, because it's going to be very boring for me. But actually, I can include some of the others in this. In fact, I can certainly include Marco in three out of the next five plugs so apologies to tony uh tony go and uh, go and have a five minute snooze uh, but marco a certain uh one kerry dixon has got a new biography out hasn't he yes yeah um up front with kerry dixon 
Uh, and he said he had a book launch the other week, didn't he? Did you go to the book launch? I didn't. I couldn't get along to it. No, I was, I was um, working. But he will be coming to the CFC UK stall. Um, the earliest we could do it, we haven't actually got that many fixtures at the bridge over the next few weeks, and, and, and none of them that are particularly friendly to having a guest at the stall. In fact, the earliest one is Man United, which I think is, just quickly, the 20... Twenty third of October, four PM kickoff. So I think Kerry's going to be at the stall from around twelve. Although take that maybe with a little pinch of salt, but he will be there. He's, he's done these things before and come down. Um, so he'll have copies of his book. I think it's fifteen quid the hardback, and um, come and meet Kerry, get buy a signed book. So uh, yeah, all good. Very yeah, that'll be writing. That that'll be brilliant. I mean, Kerry Kerry is, I think, is Marco will, will validate this, but I think Kerry is probably the most loved former Chelsea player there is. I would say. Would you say that would be fair enough, Marco? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I you know, I love Kerry. I mean, he's like he's a he's I think he's a month younger than me, Kerry, and I've kind of like watched his career. Um, you know, he was kind of like the footballer that had it all and I was crap at football and there he was doing his thing. And then, um, you know, as, as as often happens in life, things didn't work out quite the way he would have wanted them to. And he's just a really honest bloke. You know, and I've got to know him. Um, we, we did that book, Chelsea Here, Chelsea There. And when that was published, 2009, about the, the, the game at Highbury. In '84, the first game back in the top flight, and you know, I got to know him then. And you know, he's just a brilliant bloke, and you know, he's, he's had tough times. Um, you know, by and large, he's had a lot of sympathy about over his problems, um, but he really is, you know, he's a decent fella. He loves Chelsea. He loves um, the people that that still support him, um, and and hopefully, you know, with the book. Um, he'd be able to, you know, get back on the speaking circuit and um, make make a living for himself again. Because he's, you know, he's a very bright fella, um, and he'd be, you know, be a lot better than a lot of the fellas that you see on, um, you know, on the Sky Saturday afternoon show. He's, he's good. He's a great. Certainly guy. better. Certainly better than John Hartson, mate. That's yeah. for sure and for no, true. He's, Look, he's, you know, he's a, he's a brilliant bloke and. Um, I wish him all the best and I'm sure everybody else does as well. So, right, talk, talking to Kerry, just to round that up, I mean, if you can't get it at Marco's store, which you should do because it'll be a signed copy and you'll get to meet Kerry in person. And as Mark said, he's lovely. He's a he's a true, true gentleman and a legend. There are very Legend is an overused word in football as it is in many things. But I'm telling you, Kerry Dixon is a Chelsea legend. No two ways about it. Uh, there is also another book, isn't there, that we're doing the rounds at the moment, but one of our very own, Marco, which is Palpable Discord, A Year of Drama and Descent yes. at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, Palpable Discord by um, Clayton Beerman. Um, and, and indeed, also worth mentioning, is um, Ryman Treason by Caroline Wood. Uh, so we'll have copies of both those. We might have them um, on Friday. They're, they're both priced. Uh, there are five of them on the stall, or six ninety-five from Amazon. And today, 
Um, we've got busy sorting out the publication of uh, CFC UK columnist and all-round nice fella Walt Rotten. So he's got a novel called Poppy, which is um, a visceral, heartfelt piece of writing. There's there's a there's a football element to it. Um, it's a novel um, that's scheduled for publication for November the second, which is All Souls Day, which is relevant to the uh, subject matter. And that book's uh, called Poppy. I tell you what, mate. Um, you know, when you tell me that there's a uh, you know an imminent arrive, arrival of a Walt Otten book, I get little uh, goosebumps yeah. on the back of my neck because, it's, apart from the fact very, that he's very good, he's a fantastic writer. There is yeah. no two ways. I mean, what is it you compared him to? Didn't you say he was like the the, the Joseph Conrad or something of Chelsea yeah, authors? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, you know, he's got a he's got a he's got an interesting way with words and but I think you know what what's good about and as you know people see when they read this you know the, just the raw emotion in his writing um, that really hooks you in um, it's, a, it's a really interesting story and obviously I'll talk about it a bit more in in due course but yeah that's scheduled for publication um, second of November I can't um, wait and hopefully we'll uh... We'll get Waltz on the show. I mean, I know it's it's not easy for him, but uh, it'd be lovely to get him on the show because I, I do I do love Walter Otten and then some. Now, uh, the only other thing I would say is that there's a uh, I say a new issue of CFC UK out. It was out at the Swansea game, wasn't it, Marco? But you'll be there at the store bright and early on Friday, flogging yeah, the we'll, fanzine. We'll be there. It'll be uh, one pound. Um, we've also got a brand new Chelsea T-shirt, actually. You know, so people might be aware that we've now been banned from selling anything with the word Chelsea on it. Um, so I've come up with a new T-shirt which says "Proper Chelsea" on it. So uh, you know what you sh- you know what you should do just to take the piss out of the club. You know, there's that um, quite famous celebrity TV star in the states called Chelsea Lately or something. Oh, you right. should you should print up a load of Chelsea Lately T-shirts, and when they try and ban them, you say, "No, no, these are nothing to do with Chelsea Football Club," and see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't ban a Chelsea Lately fan. That would be quite yeah. funny, wouldn't it? Uh, anyway, uh, just so you know, you people, yeah, obviously get the fanzine from Marco and others at the CFC UK store, which is opposite Fulham Broadway Tube. Um, I will be there. I've got the day off on Friday, so there's a very good chance I might be there quite early, Marco. I think I'll probably be there from around. I don't know. I don't know what the weather's meant to be like. On not bad, I think. Uh, I'll probably be there around three, four o'clock. There we go. Uh, I shall try and get there for around then, and then I shall head to the cock for a lot of ale. Um, uh, now, uh, actually, before I do that, I was going to say actually because we we've still got this. We're nearly there with this app that I was chuntering on about uh, on last week's show, which is. Uh, uh, you know, under the um, under the um, umbrella or the banner of football project football project FTBL, um, and basically what they're doing is they they're, they've kind of worked on this app uh, which uh, is going to be quite interesting because it basically it's going to enable it's a bit like kind of it's like a combination of Periscope and Twitter really, but it's it's all aggregated around your own kind of little Chelsea environment and Chelsea network. And you can all have chats and things. And I'm going to be, you know, when I'm going to the games and stuff, I'm going to be out and about with that and inviting people to join me for a bit of a chat about the game. 
a bit of live action from I'm going to be very careful how I say this a bit of live action from the cock Tony <laughs> excellent what a great idea they, 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 yeah. I tell you, the football world needs more um, action from the cock needs more cock doesn't it yeah more it cock action uh, but I mean basically what will happen is you see for example because Tony quite re- he drinks in the cock with me and you know Dan Silves is in there a lot of the characters that you hear me talking about like Martin and Johnny T and Waltz makes an appearance now and again they, this lot all drink in the same pub with us and I could be out there with my little kind of periscopy twittery project football app called Futsal, I believe it's going to be called and I can just say look who I've got with me it's Tony drinking a pint of ale and you'll go how interesting is that not very I expect but no it'll be a lot of fun and we shall see. But I will keep you posted. I still haven't had the details yet. But they are telling me that they want me to do something this Friday before the Liverpool game. So if it's out, I'll, I'll tweet the hell out of it and you'll get to know about it. All right. I promise you faithfully. Would I ever lie to any of you? Uh, quick update on FanDuel, chaps. He What's says. Is it dis- He's been substituted. At oh, no. You're joking. No. That's, I'm not. That's, oh, man. That screwed me <laughs> right up. That's screwed because I was I was I, well I, I had the thing a minute ago and then it all it all disappeared. Let me see if I can get it back. Here we go, Stamford Chidge. Oh, I'm seven hundred and fourth with two, uh, seven hundred and thirty-seven points. But you're right, Barkley is stuck on six. I tell you what, I forgot though, Marco, is that I've got Baines as well as Morales. Oh. Hmm. So you know, uh, Baines is on six, Barkley's on six, uh, Morales is on eight point two five. So I need a Baines Jim, Jim uh, Bob, penalty. Jim Bob, scored twelve and a half points. You are shitting me. He's, he's, so he's, he's, he only needs to get one more point in forty five minutes, and he's got as many as Pogba got on Saturday. Oh. I'm really truly gutted, but I, I've crept up. I mean, I'm still getting stuffed outside, and I'm not going to win any money, but. Hey ho! But you're you're clearly you, you you're over three hundred now, though, and I would have thought, aren't you? No, no, I'm getting close. Well, there we go. Be interesting to see what Dan got. You'll find out next week, people. Oh, Paul's in five hundred and seventy-six place, so he's he's had a he's had a. I this is a brilliant question from Nikki on uh, Mixler. Chidge, are you using a GoPro uh, to get that angle? I, do you know what? I've often thought about this. As as has a lovely bloke. If if you're on Twitter and and you know. Uh, Pi, Pi CFC. He's one of the funniest follows on Twitter, isn't he, Marco? And he's also a lovely, yeah, lovely yeah, bloke. But he, he, like many of us, likes to drink a lot. I mean, for him, like me, uh, you know, basically football is uh, a great day out drinking with your mates ruined by 90 minutes of football. Uh, and I think Pi has threatened to get a GoPro because he's quite intrigued about how he gets home after he's been in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking brilliant idea. I could have done that, that last Thursday on my night out in Newbury. I've having done about eight pints of punk IPA. You know, but I just think that's a classic idea. Now it's occurred to me maybe you should, maybe I should do a GoPro of my day out at the football. But there we go. I've done that before. I actually did it with a whole camera crew actually, although I wasn't involved because I was directing it. But we followed a load of my mates around on the day, interviewed Marco at the stall, and then we ended up in the so bar. Well, it was still going and, and basically walked into a full-scale celery-throwing riot, uh, which I got on camera. And it, it's on it's on my Vimeo channel. I keep threatening to put these things up. I will one day. Anyway, enough prattling on. Uh, we're on the home straight. Uh, just a couple more plugs. Chelsea Supporters Trust. Join the trust. Get your voice heard by the club. £5 to become a voting member or free for non-voting members. 
Uh, sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get that voice heard. Uh, now, you can follow them on Twitter at ChelseaSTrust and I recommend you so to do. Also, we are tentatively thinking about doing uh, our first AGM of the new board on the same day as the United game, funny enough. It'll be after the United game, which, as Marco was alluding to a minute ago, it's really difficult trying to organise something for... Um, for for you know of that ilk because there are so few opportunities to do so at home at the moment. But we're hoping for October the twenty third after the United game. Uh, one thing I said a minute ago about this uh, new app. Uh, if you want to have updates about this app, then what you need to do is to follow at Project FTBL, and they will update you on that. All right. Sorry to forget that. Uh, finally, um, the CPO Chelsea pitch owners. If you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club. Go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge. To find out how to buy a share for £100 or so, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and of course you can follow them on Twitter at pitch owners um, as I said earlier on in the show sadly uh, as well as no Jonathan uh, there are no emails this week I wonder boys I wonder if Jonathan you know down tools disappeared went off whatever we want to describe it I wonder if he disappeared because there were no emails to read out <laughs> Yeah, it's a pause for thought, isn't it? Bit of a conspiracy theory, that one. Yeah, maybe that's what. So actually, I'm therefore absolved of any blame in Jonathan buggering off. It's actually all your fault out there for uh, for not actually sending any emails in. Okay, but anyway, uh, diverted. I love that. Yeah, I thought you liked that. That away from yourself, there, mate. Well done. Very good. (laughs) That's 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 what's that's what the psychotherapy's done. You see, Tony, it makes you more devious. Anyway, uh, no emails this week. Very sorry about that. Uh, we do re- love receiving them, and I will always try and get them read out by Jonathan, or even worse, by me. Uh, so if you want to send one, send it to chelseafancast at gmail.com before Mondays, please. Otherwise, it won't get in the script. Now, that, my friends, is about all we've got time for this week. Um, I'll be back next Monday, the 19th of September, live and direct. And talking of which, actually, uh, I think we should do a quick um, shout-out and rest in peace, Prince Buster. Oh man, yeah! What a what what a blow that was! Fantastic, yeah. fantastic you know, stuff. Massive yeah. and huge. You know, uh, we we wouldn't. I mean, there would be no one step beyond without Prince Buster. I mean, Prince Indeed. Buster is basically proper Chels, isn't he, Marco and Tony? Absolutely, uh, and a fan. A bit, well, you know, formative years of music were Al Capone, and you know, just. Listening to a couple of his songs the other day, they were filthy as well. They did one, Wrecker Pum Pum, which is just, you would never get it played on the radio in a million years now, but a great, great, I love the Scar stuff anyway, but he was the king of it. I've got to sorry, Matt, I was listening to that. And I've just had another, yeah, I, I look, Prince Buster, absolutely fantastic. And Madness, of course, you know, uh, loved him and, and uh, eulogised him in many of their songs, covered many of his songs. And I think that, you know, Prince Buster has definitely got, the, you know, there's a Chelsea association and then some. Two things occurred to me while you were talking about that. One is that if you if you come on with me again, you two, as a double act, I can call you Marco, Marco Antonio. <laughs> you know, I could kind of merge you. 
merger in an Italian sense. And I got whilst I was thinking of that, Nikki Kildoff posted, I may have just been making a crass joke about the live cock action, but that is actually a good idea. I really, I'd love to know what Nikki means by that. It sounds talking about filthy. That sounds beyond filthy. Right, we really need to go. Um, very sorry, but we have to go. Uh, and that is all we time got. As I said, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, we'll be back next Monday, the nineteenth of September, uh, at the usual time of seven pm, to report back on Chelsea's match against Liverpool and other unmissable things. Now, I will be joined. This is. Please listen carefully to this. This is important. I will be joined by Dan Silver, Dan Levine, and Tony Glover. Yay! Uh, but I will not... And I, This is actually in the script. This is spooky. Yes, that's right. We all get the week off from Jonathan Kidd. Why is that, Jonathan? <laughs> well, I can tell you that it was, it was not naughtiness at all. Uh, basically, you know, Jonathan was scheduled not to be on next week. Uh, and this is a shame. He, he, we couldn't, you know, shame the technology and me being cross let, let us all down tonight because it was a prime opportunity for Jonathan to promote uh, his wonderful comedy band, The Rudy V's. And uh, I know we've talked about it on the show a little bit here and there, but they're very, very funny. And Jonathan is just hysterical in this. I don't, I can't remember uh, where they are playing, but he he's gigging next Monday night, so he can't be on the show. Um, I'm therefore very hopeful that he will be back the week after that, which will be the 26th, I believe, which is my last show, people, before I go away on holiday to Canada and Montana. So there'll be no shows on the 3rd and the 10th of October. So make sure you put that in your diary. Of course, unless Jonathan wants to take the opportunity to do a show while I'm not here, which I would completely understand. You know, uh, but there you go. Good luck with that. Uh, right. Uh, so it's going to be fun next week with Dan, the two Dans and Tony back again with us for the third week in a row. How spoilt we are! Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge. Uh, I hope you've be, all been sending your messages of support and love to at Jonathan Kidd. I have. Uh, I will be sending an apology to him in a minute when I'm off air. Uh, and of course, Marco is at Gate Seventeen, Marco, and Tony's at Grocer Jack UK. And of course, uh, have a look at our wonderful website, the Chelsea. Well, it's ChelseaFanCast.com. And of course, last but by no means least, another reminder: do not forget to vote and nominate Chelsea Fancast as best football podcast in the Football Blogging Awards. Get your mum, your friends, uh, your family, your pet hamster, anybody really. Just just go and grab people you don't know off the street and get them to vote. You don't have to threaten menaces, but it does help. Uh, anyway, vote at the FootballBloggingAwards.co.uk in the best football podcast category and uh, at the FBAS on Twitter. That is pretty much it. Apart from, uh, I would like to say, sorry, Jonathan, I uh, hope I didn't upset you. I will try and make it up to you. Please come back uh, a week after next. Otherwise, I'm stuffed. Uh, Tony, as always, a pleasure to have you on the show. As I said, we are generally spoiled that we get you three weeks in a row. Uh, we're very lucky. Thank you. It's been a real blast. Really, really blast. I'm looking forward to Friday and having a pint, mate. And we can, mate. We can, we, we, we can carry the crack on, mate. Yeah, well, look, give, give me a, you know, text me when you're there or thereabouts. The chances are I will be there ahead of you because, of course, I'm not working on Friday because I've got the no. day off. So, yeah, uh, do, you mate. know, hopefully I'll still be able to speak or, or walk by the time you arrive. I tell <laughs> you what, it's mate. Not, it's not a prerequisite, mate, to talk to me. <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you, I, I'm gagging for football and beer like you wouldn't believe. And I, I know what I'm like. I tend to get massively overexcited and I expect I'll probably get way too pissed way too early. So... Yeah. 
I, I, I apologise now for anything I do or say on Friday. Uh, Marco, um, as always, a pleasure to have you on the show. I always feel very privileged when we get your sense and uh, knowledge and uh, wit on the show. Uh, I don't ever appreciate the fact that you whip my ass every week on FanDuel, but, you know, I, I, I have to take the rough with the smooth. Um, but great to see you on the show as always, Mark. Thank you. Oh, cheers, mate. It's been a pleasure. Good stuff. And I will see you at the stall on uh, on Friday because, not least, I need to pick up my copy of CFC UK. 15.25 points now, Jilly Bodgy. You're, now you're rubbing it in. And I took the piss about <laughs> bloody Papa Jilly Bodgy and now, look, it's biting me on the arse. It serves me right, really. It's the least I deserve. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough, people. we got to go. Uh, you lot in Mixler have been hilarious tonight. Uh, Nikki and Rash and John and Andy and Paul Burgess in particular. And, ah, the Kaiser's in the house. Is, Kaiser Johnny. Yes. I shall be here for my dose of cock on Friday pregame. That's what we like to hear. There we go. You've been brilliant in Mixler. Tony and Mark and Jonathan for the short time I was here have also been brilliant. I have been horrible, ranty and shit and nasty and I, pr- I promise to be nicer next week. Uh, I lie, of course. Anyway, many thanks to my wonderful guests. Thank you lot out there for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree and keep it Chels. Up the Chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.